Yes, Children's Church over here. Francisco's go with them. It, you've heard his name a million times tonight. Louis, Louis Hernandez. <laughs> and uh, I've known him for a long time. I'm, I was thinking as I was sitting there, probably uh, 40 plus years, when we first time we met. And Louis, uh, you, you still look the same. And I know you're thinking I look better, but that's okay. <laughs> Very faithful. I, Louis is a faithful man. Faithful, serving the Lord, faithful with the gospel. And uh, we appreciate him very much. If you have your Bibles, John chapter 6. John chapter 6. We have just a short time tonight, so I'm, I probably will go fast. We'll just do the best we can. And we want to look at a verse in John chapter 6. And what we're going to do tonight, I'm going to say some things about it, but we're going to take part of the verse and apply it to our revival coming up. So I hope it's, uh, it'll be a help to you. Now, if you're here, I, I, we did hand these little papers out. If you did not get a paper, if you would raise your hand even right now, they'll bring a paper. You might not end up using the paper, but I hope you do. And we'll tell you what, it's, what we're going to use it for in a few moments. John chapter 6. If you look in John chapter 6, look in verse 28. John chapter 6, verse 28, it says, Then said they unto him, What shall we do that we might work the works of God? And Jesus answered and said unto them, This is the work of God, that ye believe on him whom he hath sent. Let's bow for a word of prayer. Father, we just ask for your help tonight. Help me uh, just be clear in what I communicate. Uh, help us uh, just get a burden and a, a vision for our revival coming up. Uh, Father, that it would just be a tremendous time. Uh, we see tremendous results and, and lives changed, people saved, Lord. And again, I ask for your help tonight. We ask these things in Jesus' name. Amen. What shall we do that we might work the works of God? Uh, John is an amazing book. If you really, uh, you always see people give out the Johns. They, they'll print that part of the Bible and give it. And the, the reason is, it's a highly recommended book. For people who don't know Christ, about how you can be saved, how you can know you have eternal life. In fact, uh, we don't have time tonight, but you turn to chapter 20 and verse 30 and verse 31. It says the very purpose of the book is that people might believe and then believing you have life through his name. And so it lists several things that Christ did and, in that book. And when you read all that and you see all the clear statements of the gospel, it's a great book to give someone that doesn't know Christ to read. Uh, chapter 6 is right kind of in the middle of this book, and it's an amazing, it's an amazing chapter. If you're, you're still in chapter 6 there, the first 14 verses talk about the feeding of the 5,000. How many have heard of the feeding of the 5,000? Uh, I have something I always, when I even say the, the feeding of the 5,000, I have something uh, that I, I like to think is my own principle that I made up. But there's nothing new under the sun. But I'll still say I made this, this little saying up. He's something you ought to remember. What did he do when Jesus took uh, what, five loaves and two fishes? And he fed at least 5,000 people, right? Uh, what a tremendous miracle that was. 
But here's the principle. Jesus can do a lot with a little. Maybe you're sitting here tonight and say, I don't, I don't have a lot. I don't have any talent or ability at all. Well, Jesus can do a lot with a little. He can always do that. Some of you that might think about, well, I'm going to go buy me a dollar scratch-off card at the store. You know what would be a lot better? Give it to the Lord. You say, well, it's only a dollar, but Jesus can do a lot with a little. Whatever talent, whatever ability, whatever time you have. I don't have a lot of time. Well, Jesus can do a lot with a little. So the feeding of the 5,000, a lot of wonderful truths there. Then you go to verse 15 for verse 21. It talks about Jesus walking on the water. Man, what an amazing Savior we have. Isn't that amazing? I, I was thinking of a hymn. I asked Brother Troy about it this week. And there's a song that's in our hymnal. And... Uh, the, the part of the, the verse says, he can do what no one else can do. You know, Jesus walked on the water. He can do what no one else can do. You know what Jesus can do that no one else can do? He can save you. If you don't know Christ as your Savior, he can save you and give you everlasting life. He can love you like no one else can. Jesus can do what no one else can do. And he did that as an example of that walking on the water. Then if you look in verse 22... Uh, all the way through to verse 59, it's uh, basically a, pa a long passage. It's called the Bread of Life Discourse. But there's several amazing verses in there. Look at verse 35. And Jesus said unto them, I am the bread of life. He that cometh to me shall never hunger, and he that believeth on me shall never thirst. Look at verse 37. Here's a verse that if you uh, understand this, it's such a great comfort. That when we have salvation, when we put our faith or trust in Christ as our Savior, uh, He's never going to lose us or cast us out. This is one of the verses that, we, that gives that assurance. It says in verse 37, All that the Father giveth me shall come to me, and him that cometh to me I will in no wise cast out. Once you have salvation, God's not going to cast you out. Look at verse 39. And this is the Father's will which hath sent me, that all which he hath given me, I should lose nothing, but should raise it up again at the last days. He's not going to lose you. God's not going to misplace you. How many have ever misplaced your keys? How many have ever misplaced something? Well, you know, God's not going to misplace you. He's not going to lose you. He has you in his hand, and no man can pluck them out of my Father's hand. What a wonderful verse. And then, of course, verse 47, verse uh, referred to quite often here. Verily, verily, I say unto you, he that... Believeth on me hath everlasting life. What a tremendous verse. Do you know that you can have eternal life right now? You don't have to wait and die to find out whether you have it. It's a present possession. The moment you understand that you're a sinner, and as a sinner you cannot do anything good to earn or merit salvation to go to heaven, and that the wages of sin is death, we're all in trouble, but understand that Jesus came to do for us what we couldn't do for ourselves. He came to die to pay our debt of sin. And he rose from the dead. And now his offer is eternal life. Given as a gift. Purchased at his expense. But given to us freely. When we believe in Jesus as our savior. And it says you can hath it. That's a big fancy word. Hath it. I got it. That means you have it right now. Yeah. And what a wonderful verse. That's in John chapter 6. Verse 60 through verse 66. Is a challenge of discipleship. In verse 67 through 71. We see Peter's confession. Verse 69 says, And we believe and are sure that thou art that Christ, the Son of the living God, recognizing who Christ is. 
But in the middle of this verse, uh, this chapter is verse 28. Uh, here are some people, and we don't have time to give a lot of background, but they had uh, probably been part of the feeding of the 5,000. They had begun to follow Christ and listen to him. And in verse 28, they asked a very important question. Then said they unto him, What shall we do that we might work the works of God? What were they asking? Well, they were, they were simply asking, what, what, what can we do that we might have eternal life? What, what can we do to please God? What can we do to, that would make God happy with what, how we're living? They asked Jesus that question. It's interesting. If you look in the Gospels, probably hundreds of times, Jesus asked the questions. And the reason he asked questions was to help people learn, to help them understand, to get them to think. Uh, he used it as a teaching tool to ask questions. But here, it's kind of a reversal. He answers a question. And a very important question in these people's minds. What shall I do to work the works of God? That is an important question. It reminds me of Acts chapter 16. The Philippian jailer was really about the point he was going to commit suicide. And Paul says, don't do any harm. We're still here. And he brought them out and he says, sirs... What must I do to be saved? A very similar question. What must I do to work the works of God? What must I do to be saved? What did Jesus say? Look back in John 6 and verse 29. And Jesus answered and said unto him, This is the work of God, that you go to church and behave yourself and give money and be baptized. Is that what he says? No, he just used a simple word. The word is believe. That is salvation. You need to believe in Christ. You understand that believe doesn't mean Jesus existed. You heard Sarah as she was sharing up here how they, they knew a lot of that when they went down to Brazil uh, because of uh, people teaching. They talk about Jesus and that Jesus died on the cross. But to, uh, salvation is when we realize we can't save ourselves and we trust Jesus to save us. That's the word believe literally means to trust and rely upon. And so... These people asked, just like they asked in Acts chapter 16, what must I do to be saved? And they simply said, you need to believe. If you're here tonight and you don't know for sure heaven's your home, that's what you need to do. You can be sure of it. You can get up out of that seat and leave knowing that you have everlasting life. And, and by the way, I could not promise you that. This church can't. But that's God's promise from his word. If you believe, you have everlasting life. What must I do? To be saved. What shall we do that we might work the works of God? What can I do to get to heaven? What can we do to please God? What can we do to make things right? Now, if you think about that, how many here uh, know for sure, without a shadow of doubt, if you died, go to heaven? You've trusted Christ. You know that. You say, well, what does this verse mean to me? That we need to, what, what do we do to work the works of God? Well, really, the truth of the matter is, it's the answer is similar for those who know Christ. They ask, what must we do to work the works of God? And, and Christ says, you need to believe on him whom he sent. We just mentioned that the word believe means to what? Trust in or rely upon. That's what it means. And so what for the Christian that knows they're going to heaven, what must we do to please God with our lives? What must we do to, to know that we're doing what God wants us to do? We need to trust him. And when I say trust him, the idea is, I believe what he says in the Bible. By the way, if you ask the Lord, you know, what must I do to work the works of God? 
You know where the, how he would speak to us? Through his word. And he was there right with those folks. So it was the Lord himself. <laughs> give them the answer. But the Lord will give us the answer through his word. Trust what his word says. Believe that God wants the best for you. And trust him. That's not an easy thing to do, is it? To trust the Lord? We, we get very fearful. Remember we say Jesus asked questions many times. Remember when he asked the question, what, which of you by uh, taking thought can add a cubic to a stature? In other words, it, will worry and change everything or change anything at all? No. And we have so many things to worry about in this life right now and the way our world and the direction it's going. Hey, just, we need to trust the Lord. And we need as believers to rely on him. What must I do to work the works of God? Don't, don't look to yourself. Don't look to your own strength and abilities. Look to the Lord to help you. And if you have abilities and you have things that you can do, thank God for them and say, Lord, please help me use those in a way that please you. So how can I please God as a believer? What can I do, must do to work the works of God? Is trust him and rely upon him. You know, I was thinking about this verse and I thought, what a good thing it would be to do just to do that every day. And we often look at that psalm, open my eyes, my behold, wondrous things from thy law. That's a good thing to do before you read the Bible. Ask the Lord to help you understand it. But it would be a great thing to do every morning. Lord, what must I do today to work the works of God? And then maybe spend some time in the Bible. Maybe God will lay on your heart. You know what you need to do today to work the works of God? You need to be kind. You need to be kind. Maybe it's today you need to be patient. Maybe you're going to go somewhere and, and people aren't doing what they should and you're, you're losing patience and you're going to be late. Maybe to work the works of God today could be encouraging. I don't know what the Lord may have, but that is a good question. Lord, lay it on my heart. Show me today through your word, through the spirit of God, what must I do to work the works of God today? As I was thinking about that, I began to think about how do you reply this to the revival that's coming up next week? And I was trying to figure it out. How old I am and how long I've been in church, I would guess I've probably been somewhere between 80 to 100 revivals. Sometimes there's only one revival a year. Some Our church, we have two a year. And I, I maybe even past 100. But you know, I got to think about it. I've never asked the Lord, what shall I do that I might work for you in this revival? What, what can I do? And I know we talk about the things. And this is what this paper's for. See this paper? I gave it to you. Well, actually, our secretary, Mrs. Vidal, gave it to you. And I, if you, I want you to think about, I'm going to make several suggestions, ideas tonight for, about revival. And I encourage you, if God lays it on your heart, to write it on this paper. Take it home with you. And some, I only have, I have four things, and we'll be done tonight. Four things that we can do about revival that maybe you want to make a commitment to God. You, you don't, if you write things down on this paper, don't hand it to me. This is for you to keep. Maybe stick it somewhere where you can see it. And uh, I encourage you to do these things so you can work the works of God as far as our revival goes. So here's my ideas. 
Uh, number one, and, and we talk about this all the time, but I, I, I'll say something specifically about this, is to commit to pray for the revival. Doesn't the Bible say we have not because we ask not? It's, it's easy to walk around, well, I want the revival. We want God to work in revival. Are you asking him to work in revival? Um, Call unto me and I will answer thee and show thee great and mighty things which thou knowest not. So, uh, pray for revival. Here's my suggestion. And, and you can do anything you want, but this is what I suggest. It's a little bit different. Would you commit tonight, starting tonight, which is the uh, 13th, and all the way through the 27th, that's uh, the Sunday after revival's over, will you commit to pray every day for the revival, even after it's over, that God's word continues to work in people's hearts? Again, you don't have to do that. Maybe you, maybe you want to do something different longer, but at least set some time aside every day, even beginning tonight, to pray for revival. You say, well, what do I pray for? Well, pray for people to be saved. That would be good. You could pray for the, the, the believers to get right with God. Pray, pray for the evangelist, Brother Tim Thompson. You know, an evangelist has all kinds of messages. And a lot of times it's challenging to him, which, which message should I bring? And, you know, he prays. And I know he cries out to God to know what message. But pray that God would lay on the, his heart the message that we need here at First Baptist Church. Um, pray for the weather. We want good weather. People, you know, they'll use any reason not to come. Uh, just anything you can, uh, you can think of, you pray about. Now listen, um, I encourage you to make a commitment of time. You know, if you just say, I, I'll pray. But if you say, Lord, I'm going to pray every day. I'm going to set aside what... Five minutes, 10 minutes, 15 minutes, an hour, whatever you want to say. And starting today through the 27th, I'm going to pray every day for revival and the aftermath revival. That would be a good thing to work the works of God. Number two, this is the second thing I encourage you to do. Pray for someone specifically by name. You know, again, it's, we can, it's good to pray for the church as a whole, but pick out someone by name. Uh, here's what I encourage you to do. You can pray for as many people as you want. But here, here's what I'm asking you tonight. Just five names, five people. You can do that, and we can do that, can't we? Just five people. Could be your spouse. Could be your children or one of your children. It could be for yourself that God will do a work in your heart. I, I don't... Uh, I. It could be for someone you think is not living right. Or it could be for someone you think is on fire for the Lord. It doesn't matter. Pick out five people and pray for them specifically by name. And, and I encourage you to do that. Maybe you do that as part. If you say, I'm going to pray for revival in the next two weeks, do, do it as part of your time to do that. If you want to do ten, you can. Uh, I would say you could do the whole church. That would probably be a, a struggle with time. But do at least five. Number three, we're about done here tonight, is uh, come to the services. Um, be here. 
You know, one of the saddest things is the night that, or, or the day that you can't make. And I understand things can really happen. You know, uh, you know, Pastor Lick, my leg fell off during the week, and I just can't make I understand that. But uh, your hand, your, your little finger gets broken. Uh, whatever it is, um, come to service. Because the very time you miss is the very message that you really needed. And so commit to be here. Remember what we said? That Jesus can do what no one else can do. He, he can do that in your life. You know, your sofa can't do that. All right? The easy chair. TV show can't do that. But if you'll come to the services, Jesus can do in your life what no one else can do. And so I encourage you to come and, and make a commitment to the Lord. Lord, you know, less providentially hindered. I'll be there. Number four. Here's the last thing. And again, you, you might think of things I didn't think of. I'm just, I had a brief time tonight. Write, write them down on this paper and put them where you can see them. And begin to do them as we got one week out for revival. One week out. By the way, I just thought of something else you could pray for. We just had that ladies event. Today we're going to have a men's thing Saturday night before. It's easy to kind of forget about that. We're going to have some good food and fellowship, but there are going to be two messages there. That God would use those again to work in men's hearts. Don't forget to pray for that. But here's number four. I'm sorry. Uh, and this seems kind of silly, but commit to encourage someone else at revival. It's, you know, it, it's very hard for those at work, to, especially when you get to Monday, Tuesday, and Wednesday night. Because you're tired, you don't want to, you know, it's, oh, I'm tired. And you just, I'm going to come because I, I committed that I was going to come. But you just kind of come and sit down. It, it, pray, Lord, give me the strength to go encourage. It's so good to see you here tonight. Wasn't that a great service last night? Uh, whatever it is, encourage someone else. Uh, tell tell the, the evangelist. Uh, that, that message was a blessing to me. That was a help to me. Thank you so much. Commit yourself to encouraging someone else. You might, Lord, you're going to have to give me strength. We used to have a guy in church here that said, Lord, if you'll just, I can get down by myself, but if you'll just help me get up. <laughs> That's what he used to say. And, and look, ask the Lord to help you. Uh, and encourage, and there's so many different ways to encourage. Um, there's another, we'll take up, an offering for the evangelists. You know what encourages evangelists? People giving. People giving. And uh, we want to be a blessing to them. And the evangelist and his family. Um, something else. You, and this is a great time for encouragement. If you come to. How many here come to revival? You've been to revivals. And if you stay for just a few minutes after revival. One of the most encouraging times. At the end of the service, it's people fellowshipping and talking. It's just a blessed time for God's people. And you're going to miss out on that. You want, hey, I need encouragement. Well, come, and the, the preaching will encourage you, the singing will encourage you, and the fellowship afterwards will encourage you. But commit. I, I'm going to figure out a way to encourage somebody. Maybe two or three different people each service. And uh, uh, write it on that paper. And, and commit yourself to God. I'm going to do that. Why? 
Well, what must I do to work the works of God? And I think that those things would be a great work to do for our revival. And we'll see a tremendous, tremendous result from it. And I encourage you that way. Also, I encourage you, if you're here and you never trusted Christ as your Savior, you simply need to talk it over with the living God. I can't save you, but he can and he will if you'll just simply, Lord, I, I know I'm a sinner and I know I can't save myself. And I believe that Jesus died for me. And I believe he paid for my sin. I believe he rose from the dead. And right now, just the best know how, I'm going to trust him to be my savior. I'm going to trust him to save me and give me everlasting life. And if you'll do that, he'll save you and give you everlasting life. You can get up from that seat and when you leave, you can know you have eternal life. And again, if you hear and you say, I have trusted Christ, you know, ask yourself that question each day as you head out today and ask yourself those questions about our revival. What must I do? What shall I do to work the works of God? And, uh, and I believe you'll be pleased with what God does in your life. Let's bow for a word of prayer. Heads bowed and eyes closed. Again, this was a little bit different kind of message. We just had a short time tonight, but um, let me encourage you that it is possible to please God with how you live your life. And what we need to simply do is to trust Him and rely upon Him, uh, believe what He promises in His Word. Uh, he promises when we're saved, He's given us the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit can work in our lives and give us direction also and that we can live to please Him. And you can be part of what happens at the revival here. If you commit to pray for it, pray for people specifically. Pray for uh, just uh, anything you can think of. You have not because you ask not. You can make a, a tremendous difference just by being here. There's nothing more uh, exciting to me than to see a church full of people. And I can tell you for the... The, the, the evangelist, that excites him too. He gets excited. And, and may, commit yourself to, I'm going to encourage someone at revival. Um, and uh, you might see some people come in that you don't have any idea who they are. Be friendly to them. Someone's probably invited them to come and be an encouragement to them. Father, we do thank you so much for uh, the, the opportunity to have revival. We pray for it, Lord. Uh, we uh, realize without you we can do nothing. And so, Father, we're asking you to work in a mighty way in each heart. Uh, Father, that people's uh, hearts would be prepared as they come. Father, give us boldness to ask people to come. Father, help us be mindful to uh, those around us and how we can be a help and encouragement to them. We pray for our evangelists, Lord, that you would just uh, fill him with your Holy Spirit. Uh, Father, help him have the, the messages, uh, the illustrations that will have an impact on people's hearts. Uh, Father, we again thank you for our church. But most of all, we thank you for uh, salvation that you provided for us freely. Purchased at your expense. And, Father, that you died for us and you paid the debt of our sins and that you offer eternal life as a gift to those that will receive it. Uh, Lord, we just ask your blessing now as we depart this place. And uh, we pray these things in Jesus' name. Amen.